Hello and welcome to the Victory and the Bang podcast. You're listening to a message from our preaching entitled In the Beginning. Together, we'll discover what the biblical account says about the creation in Genesis 1 and the divine creator who designed everything. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Good afternoon everyone. My name is Bodhi. I'm one of the pastors here. And just in case that guy spoke too fast, uh, we are actually bringing back our Love the City Gift a Noche Buena campaign. It is one of the traditions that we usually look forward to as a church family here in Victory Alabang. What we do is we come together as a family and we, um, we ask people to donate uh, Bags, Christmas bags for Christmas dinners for people who are less fortunate in this city of Montinlupa. So what we do is we gather it. Usually we come up with uh, a target. We usually target 1,225 bags. Ask me why. Um, 12.25, that's the date of Christmas. So we usually target 1,225, but uh, praise God for the past two years that we have been doing it. We have already been able to bless around 4,000 families with Christmas dinners. And we believe that we are giving them more than just a Christmas dinner because before we give it, we actually allow them to receive the greatest gift there is out there. And we believe that is the love of Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life. So before we give the bags, we preach the gospel to them and we challenge them to receive the love of Jesus. And after that, that's when we give the bags, which is simply a symbol of the hope, the joy, and the love that Jesus brings. So, you know, you can actually participate in this if you see yourself as part of this family. Um, there are shopping lists at the concierge that you can get. And again, for as low as 300 pesos, we can already bless a family of five with a Christmas dinner. So I hope that all of us would come together. Can you just uh, greet the person next to you and say, Merry Christmas, and let's just say, let's do this. <laughs> There you go, 51 days to go before Christmas, and I pray that we get to give joy even to those people around us that we do not know. Um, that being said, uh, for those of you who are wondering, by the way, where Pastor Ariel is, he's actually in Japan right now. He is ministering to our Every Nation Church in Japan. He went there to minister during a retreat, and today he's also preaching in our church in Every Nation Harvest there. So let's continue to include him in our prayers. Um, Again, going back to love the city, you know, preaching the love of Jesus, it's something that is really close to our hearts. It's something that we would want to do every chance that we get. And a lot of people usually ask, why do you keep doing that when we are already living in a Christian nation? When almost 80% of the people believe in Jesus Christ. You know, I believe that it's still important for us to do that because even though we live in a Christian nation and even though The name of Jesus is a household name. I believe that not a lot of us uh, really understand who he is and uh, not a lot of us really have a clear picture of the implications of what he has done on the cross and how we can apply it in our daily lives. You know, as, as we live in this nation that believes in Jesus Christ, my question is, are we a people who enjoy the freedom of being in a relationship with him? Or are we a people that is bound by religion? Because, you know, this question has led a lot of people to actually just set aside God and go for being an atheist. Um, there is a small but growing percentage of people here in the Philippines who are starting to, you know, just choose not to believe in God and choose to become atheists. And 
We don't have a lot of information about that yet because it's fairly new. A lot of these people are the younger generations. And uh, I have been reading a lot of personal blog posts about it. And uh, these people who have chosen to turn their backs from God actually grew up in Christian households actually grew up knowing the Word of God, being taught how to obey it, knowing the commandments. And when asked what made them turn their backs from God, it's usually in the area of convenience. They would want to do certain things. When I say certain things, uh, let's call it sin. They would want to pursue their own earthly passions, their own des the desires of the flesh, but what kept them from doing it moral expectation and obligation. They felt guilty every time they did it because um, every time they did it because they, they, they had that concept of God was watching them every time they did it. So for them to be able to pursue these earthly passions, they just got rid of the idea of God altogether and they said that this is when they experienced freedom because finally they can do all of these things without guilt in their hearts. And they feel that the only obligation that they have in this world is to be kind. And you know, that's really, um, that's really surprising that people would think that way. You know, when we set aside the issue of God altogether, yes, people might think that you can pursue your own earthly passions and you might think that you, ultimately you don't have any consequences for what you do eternally. But the truth is when we set aside God, we also set aside the meaning and purpose of life. This kind of thinking actually reminds me of that um, song of the Beatles, uh, the song Imagine. There's a line there that says, Imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Taking away heaven and hell and the concept of the afterlife, again, it takes away not only, you know, it takes away the very meaning and purpose of life because if you start to believe that God does not exist just so that you can pursue your own passions. I think that's an issue of lordship, by the way. People just refusing to submit to a higher authority and thinking that our ways are better than his. So, you know, um, as we take away God in the picture, it leaves us to believe that life, that our existence was simply brought about by chance, by the random explosion of some particles or by, you know, the random evolution of small organisms. And that is admitting that our existence in this world happened by accident or by chance. And when, you do, and when you start believing in that, then that takes away purpose because that means that every single life represented in this place wasn't planned, wasn't designed, just happened by chance. So what are we living our lives for? When you take away God, there is no purpose, there is no meaning in life. Unfortunately, even some of us who believe in God can actually take on the mindset of those people who chose to be atheists. We believe in God, but then we still continue to pursue our earthly passions, the desires of the flesh, setting aside, you know, His Word altogether. And I think that's what leads us to the question of what my purpose in this world is. That leads us to even think, that, you know, I don't think I have a purpose in this world because I can't seem to find it. Well, let me tell you that our purpose, we will never find it by just following our emotions or just by searching for it on our own apart from God. Because purpose and meaning is dictated always by the one who created it. And 
in our case, God is our creator. And we know that he is ultimately the one who designed us, not only, you know, not only our form, but designed our life. And I pray that today, as we go back to the word of God, we will be discussing these things, the origin, our origin, how God created us, what his purpose for us is. And I pray that as we go back to the word, number one, if you don't believe in God, I pray that you would agree that he is existing and he is our creator, not just because that is the most viable explanation there is out there, but because we believe that it is the absolute truth. Number two, if you are here and you, are, you believe in God, but somehow your purpose in life is not clear, I pray that it would lead us to that decision to pursue the purposes of God because that is the only way that we would find out why we are here on earth for. Our purpose is to glorify him, but the specific purpose we will find out as we commit to follow him. And number three, if you are here and you know your purpose and uh, you believe that God created each and every one of us, but you have people around you who have a lot of questions, then I pray that we get equipped as well on how to answer these questions the biblical way. So we go back to the very beginning, the start of all creation, and that is found in Genesis. And again, I have to warn you, this isn't the normal preaching. We will still be talking about God's word, but we will also be talking about certain scientific theories that I must admit I'm, I'm not that uh, well-versed with. But I did read, read up about it, and I believe that uh, we would have uh, the wisdom that we need to be able to answer those questions. And uh, I pray that, again, we would have a clearer picture and appreciation of the wisdom of the power and of the love of God for each and every one of us. That being said, I'd like to invite everyone to open their Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. Verse 1, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for waking each and every one of us up this morning. Thank you for allowing us to enjoy lunch. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you that you will be the one to teach us today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you open our hearts, open our minds, open our spiritual ears and eyes. And Lord, I pray that as we go back to your word, that the things that we are going to talk about will excite us, not just because you know, it will puff up our minds, but because it will give us a, 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 a deeper appreciation of really your beauty, your wisdom, and your ways. And I pray, Lord God, that as we see how wise you are, how brilliant and intelligent and loving you are, that it would lead us to a point of submission. And I know that as we do that, your purposes and your direction for us will be clear. Thank you that you will speak clearly to each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. So again, we are going to talk about the beginning. Uh, we are going to talk about the creation story. Um, and I pray, again, that we would have a deeper understanding of who God is and how we are to submit to Him as we see how beautifully He created everything. So the first four words of the Bible already say a lot. In the beginning, God. Again, in the beginning, God. So how did the, how did the universe start? In the beginning, God was already there. Existence began with God. He was, he was there even before everything began. There was, he created everything in the beginning, but no one created God. 
He is eternal. He has been existing from eternity past and He will continue to exist to eternity future. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He has no beginning. He has no end. He has always been and He will always be. And you know, that in itself, Him being the uncreated one, Him being an eternal being, I believe is already enough reason for us to worship Him, to revere Him, to praise Him, because truly there is no one like Him in this, in this world, in this galaxy, in this universe. We believe that He is incomparable. And as we have been singing indescribable, we can't even begin to wrap our minds around His eternal existence, but we know that it is true. And the question that usually people would ask is, how did God begin? Who created God? Well, let me tell you that we would not see that in the book of Genesis because the book of Genesis, it being the book of beginnings, it is not the book of absolute beginning. It is actually the beginning of the universe, of the world, of mankind. It was written to a people who already believed in God. No one questioned it because they saw it in all of creation. And again, there is no point in writing about the beginning of God because I have, as I have mentioned a while ago, God has no beginning. So He has always been there existing. And as we look at the book of Genesis, it's the beginning of the universe, the world, mankind, of Israel, and of God's redemption of man from sin. And as the Bible begins with, in the beginning, God, as the Bible begins with God, that already teaches us a lot. Because that means that in everything... We begin with God. Everything begins with Him, whether it is creation, whether it is um, the purpose of our lives. If we are to seek our purpose, we begin with God. We go to God. When we make business deals, it doesn't start with capital. It starts with God. We go to Him. We pray about it. We ask for wisdom. When we talk about starting our day, when we open our eyes, we start with God. We thank Him because we know that the only reason why we are breathing, why we are alive, is because He woke us up that day, not our alarm clock. Everything begins with God. And failure to begin with God can actually lead us to wrong decisions and can actually lead to a lot of crazy assumptions that abound in this world. Again, when we talk about Genesis, when we talk about the Bible, we know that it is the Word of God. A lot of people question its authenticity as well. But let me present this to you. Imagine 66 books in the Bible written by different people from different walks of life, written in different timelines. When it was all put together, it does not contradict each other. It actually supports each other, the different books. And you know, there can only be one explanation of that. That means that there was an intelligent, great, and eternal editor behind everything, making sure that everything falls into its perfect place. He used man to write it, but he gave them wisdom to be able to write it in a flawless way. So we believe that the Word of God is true, and what it says is true. A lot of people try to contest the creation story, saying that it's just a myth. Oh, it's just something that the church created so that they could teach it to the children in Sunday school. It's not just a kid's story. We believe that it is accurate, it is part of, it is historical, and we can never ever question that. And let me tell you this, a lot of theories have been trying to go against this creation story. A lot of people have been trying to disprove it, but up to this day, it has never been disproven because we believe that this story is true. And you know, the scientists, they have 
a lot of outrageous theories out there that always end in a block. You know, there's always that question that they could not answer. Where is the missing link? Or what were the original particles that collided? They could not answer it. It is left a question mark. It is left a theory. And you know, the only answer that would suffice that question mark is admitting that there is an eternal being behind everything, but they would not do that. They would not do that, so they are left searching for information, which I think is a waste of time, effort, and you know, strength and uh, brain cells because we believe that the truth has already been presented to us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he create it? Again, we are going to talk about scientific theories. We are going to talk about the science of how God created and set everything in place. I hope I don't bore you with it. I'm already seeing a lot of people yawning. As we look at this, this is not just a simple science class where we puff up our brains. As we look at this, I pray that we would look at it in the lens of appreciating the detail that God has put into every single part of creation. Not only beauty, but every single detail. Appreciating the wisdom, the intelligence of this God. Why? Because for a lot of times, we always think that our ways and our plans are better than his. Now, let's see how he thinks and let's see how our theories match up against his. All right, so number one, how did God create the world? God powerfully created the universe. When we look at Genesis, the original Hebrew translation, the word for created mean, uh, the word used for created was bara, which means created with great, incomparable, matchless power. And you know, we have seen it in the Bible. We have been studying it time and time again. We have seen how Jesus has controlled the waves, how Jesus has subdued earthquakes, how Jesus has healed the sick and raised people from the dead just by speaking it. There is no other person in this world who can, you know, control the waves and stop earthquakes, no matter what they claim. All right, so it's only Jesus who can do that. And we know that the word of Jesus, the word of God is powerful. How powerful is it? God spoke everything into existence. God created all of the beauty that we see out of nothing. Imagine, God said, let there be light. And then there was light. He simply spoke it. And mind you, when light appeared, the sun wasn't there yet. So can you imagine? It is not the sun who actually is the source of our light. It, God is our light. So that's amazing. He said, let there be light. And suddenly there was light. He simply spoke it. God said, let there be expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And it was so. He created the sky, the atmosphere. The sky that is sometimes blue turns orange, sometimes turns purple. You know, we love taking photos of it and appreciate it. We, we have been singing, we stand in awe in creation alone. We are, in, we are at awe every time we see these things. And it was created by God simply by speaking it. How amazing is that power? This is not the usual power that, you know, magicians have where they just get rabbits out of uh, top hats or make coins appear out of your ear. This is a power that really made everything, mountains, trees, flowers, life, come out of nothing. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear. He created land just by speaking it. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if there were earthquakes coming up or suddenly it just appeared there. But that's how powerful God is. He created the skies, land, everything, and he did not even sweat. 
He did not even labor. He simply envisioned it, he spoke it, and everything came into existence. That's how powerful our Creator is. And there, that, that, hearing that and reading this, we can say that there is power in His Word. What He speaks come in, comes into existence. What He says materializes. And that's why He wants us to put our trust in Him. Because He knows better than better than us, and He knows that He can make the impossible happen in our lives as we put our trust in Him. We can always hold on to His Word. We can always hold on to His promises. They are powerful. Everything that He says in His perfect time and in His perfect ways, trust that it will happen. Whether it is in creation or whether it is a promise you are holding on to in your life, may it be capital in business, may it be a baby, may it be, you know, the salvation of a family member. If God said that it would happen, trust that it would happen, even if you feel like nothing is going for you. Because He made all of these things appear out of nothing. Trust that in the nothing that you think is happening in your life, He can make something happen. He can make something appear. So, again, when God says something, consider it done without an ounce of doubt. When you're holding on to the promises in His Word, know that as He said it, it is done. When He says He will provide, He will provide. When He says that He would heal, He would heal. When He says that He would save, He will save. It says in Hebrews 11.3, By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. That is the power that he has. He can literally make things appear, appear out of thin air. And we're not just talking about simple things. Again, we're talking about the mountains. We're talking about the waterfalls. We're talking about the great wonders of this world. It did not happen by chance. God pictured it and he spoke it into reality. Every star, the moon, the sun, every life form, he created it. That's why it's so surprising with how with how great this universe is, with how beautiful it is, that some people would choose to believe that it wasn't divine creation that is responsible for it, but it's simply the explosion of some particles that they could not even identify what. And that's what we call the Big Bang Theory. They believed that this whole universe, galaxy, world is a product of two particles just colliding and exploding and through you know, through billions of years, somehow the earth decided to be the way it is. Somehow the galaxy, the stars decided to be in whatever place they are in. And from that explosion, that's when suddenly when the earth was cooling down, all of a sudden hydrogen, protons, and neutrons. I will not even define that for you. I am here pretending to be a science whiz, but I tell you, I, I did not get good grades in biology, chemistry, or physics. I just read it out of the internet 30 minutes ago. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. Um, imagine, so as the earth was cooling down, that's when hydrogen, protons, and neutrons started to form. And when they formed together, all of a sudden, the stars were formed, the sun, the moon, the planets were formed. And now it has taken into this shape. Can you imagine that? Believing that this galaxy that is so orderly and well-planned happened through an explosion. And that's not, that's not where it ends. Here is a graph that uh, I have completely no idea what it is. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, the quantum fluctuations, that's when they said that the explosion happened. But they did not account for 
life existence before that. So before the collision happened, first, what are these forms of matter that came into collision? Who created that? They could not say. And, you know, from that small piece, how did everything turn out to be the way that it is right now? They could not explain that as well. So, you know, for, for those two things to exist, one, matter should exist, and number two, the scientific laws of gravity and motion should exist already. So you have two options. It's either to believe that all matter is, has been always there and all these scientific laws have always been there, or on the other side, that we would believe that there is an eternal creator and an eternal lawgiver. And I would rather pick the latter because although an explosion might possibly crazily be responsible for where the earth is right now and how the galaxy is, how can that explosion sustain everything in this world? We can only really believe that there is an eternal creator who is involved with this creation that is doing all of these things. And imagine, have you ever seen something come out of fireworks? You know, all of a sudden fireworks and suddenly a bird appears out of it. Oh, wow. Oh, that just happened. Or can, have you seen something come out, out, out of a dynamite explosion? Or say the chairs that you are sitting down on. What if we, you know, what, what if we tear them down and just start, you know, just uh, throwing them around hoping that it would become a chair? Would you believe that a chair, that chair was actually produced just by everything colliding together? It was carefully thought of. It was carefully, um, uh, what do you call this? It was carefully uh, created so that it would be what it is right now. And that chair isn't even, you know, that intricate. Imagine our bodies. Imagine, you know, whatever it is in that galaxy. Amazing, amazing, intelligent mind. There's, there is no other explanation but divine creation. And that's why I, I, I constantly had to ask myself, is this still an issue of intellect? choosing not to believe in God and choosing to believe in an explosion. I don't think it is an intellectual issue anymore. I believe that it is a spiritual issue. The enemy trying to blind our minds, pride are rising up in our hearts, choosing not to believe in these things. Because again, probably a lot of people don't want to submit to the authority and the lordship of God. So they would rather choose to believe that an explosion is responsible for all life form. But then again, I go back to my question. After that explosion, how is this world sustained? Do you know how many, how many um, values need to be set in place for life to be permissible in this universe? God precisely created the universe. Imagine the solar system. Imagine the planets that are circling around the sun the distance of the planets from each other, making sure that the speed that they are uh, revolving around the sun is just right, and you know, making sure that nothing collides with each other. It has been placed perfectly, and someone is making sure that it stays in orbit. And you know, the placing of that, it's not like feng shui where you have to change it every year. It has been placed like that since the beginning of time, and never has it been changed, and Praise God, we are still alive. Nothing, no planet has collided with Earth. Even the diameter of the Earth is so precise. Even its distance from the sun. I will try to sound smart here. The sun is actually 149.6 million kilometers away from the sun. Nux. Wikipedia. Um, 
So imagine, it was that far. And you know, just, just a bit nearer to the heat of the sun, and it would actually cause the earth and all living things in here to, to burn. I know we Filipinos always say, ang init-itinaman dito sa Pilipinas, grabe. Parang alapit-lapit ko sa araw. Lumapit ka lang ng konting-konti pa, masusunog tayong lahat. So imagine that precision. And if we were farther by just a little bit, by just one kilometer probably out of that 149 million, then the earth and everything in it would freeze. So can we chalk that up to chance? Nagkataon lang eh, naganun talaga. Galing. Can we, and that's not the only value that needs to be kept in order and that needs to be sustained. There are a lot of other values that you know, are, are, are held in place. A lot of scientists believe that all of these values can be likened to having a soundboard that we need to manage. The soundboard that we have there in the back, it actually has a lot of knobs. And each knob has to be perfectly set. They actually call it the fine-tuning of the universe. Has to be perfectly fine-tuned. Like, for example, the, the knobs at the back are, are tuned in a way that for the sound to be this way in this, in this place. Now, the earth has a lot of knobs. It has a lot of constants that need to be set. The fundamental constants and quantities of the universe. So these are just some of the values that are so exact, that are so precise, that the slightest deviation can actually cause chaos and the disintegration of everything in this world. So imagine this strong nuclear force coupling constant, 0.1187. Higgs vacuum expectation value, it needs to be 246.2 giga electron volts, whatever that is. But you know, it, all of these values need to be set in a certain place. And you know, the knobs in the soundboard usually consist of 100 lines. So you have to adjust from 0 to 100. When we talk about these constants, it's not just 0 to 100. The room for error is so narrow. It's even, you know, our hair is thicker than the room for, for, for uh, variation. So imagine um, the gravitational constant. If it varied by 10 to the 60, we won't exist. What's 10 to the 60? That's 10 to the 60. I don't even know if that's gazillion, gamillion, gatrillion, gabil. You know, that, that's it. So it means if it deviated just 0.000000000001, it means that, you know, all life form could actually explode or implode. So that, if, if you're imagining the knobs usually 0 to 100, you would have to configure it 0 to this number. It has to be exact. So again, with all of these values needed to be um, precise in that soundboard, would we chalk it up to chance? Did we get really, 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 really lucky that all of these constants have been set in a, in, in a value that would make life permissible in this world? Would we rather think that it was by chance or would we believe that there is someone behind it who fine-tuned that and makes sure that every value stays the same? And you know, this is not really surprising at all because this is the complex, complex, you know, planning of things. But when we go back to Genesis, when we speak human words again, no matter how simple the account of creation is, it shows that God is a God of order, that God is a God of precision, of intelligence. If we look at this, the, the days that God created the universe, day one, He created light, day, and night. Day two, he created the sea and the sky. Day three, he created land, plants, and trees. The first three days were 
days of forming. He was preparing an environment. He was preparing a casing for the next set of creation, which happened day four, five, six. The stars, the sun, and the moon, he put it in the skies. Can you imagine? And day five, sea life and birds, he put it in the sea and the sky. Day six, livestock, beasts, man, they had land to stand on. Can you imagine if he created fish before the water or man before land? I don't know what we would look like. So we see how precise, how perfect, how intelligent this great God is. I am not saying all of these things to bore you or, you know, to just for you to write it down in your notes that the gravitational concept is what. I'm saying all of these things for us to be able to appreciate how great the mind of our God is, how, how intelligent He is, how powerful He is to be able to do all of these things just by speaking it. And you know, it's such a privilege for us humans because at the end of all creation, the culmination of it, what did God do? He created this masterpiece. Nax. So he created this masterpiece, mankind. And we have the privilege of being created in his image and in his likeness. Wisdom, intelligence has been given to us. The form has been given to us. That's why it is also somehow strange how people would choose to believe that instead of being formed in the image and in the likeness of God, that we somehow were evolved from monkeys or apes. Not that I, I love those things, those beings, because they were created by God, they're beautiful, but for us to come from them, would you actually believe that? There, were, there are people who would rather believe that, you know, we, 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 we have, um, we, our existence started from a small organism that willed to, you know, organize itself to a higher form, to a higher form, until eventually it reached the higher, highest form, which is mankind. And again, just like the Big Bang Theory, this only explains what happened after life has already begun. But it does not give into account how life in this universe even started. And the funny thing is, up to this very day, scientists have been looking for the missing links. Somehow fossils or skeletons of the, of the being in between orangutans and man, and they cannot find it. And wherever they look, I'm sure that they are not going to find anything unless they fabricate it. Because again, this is not true. It's not only insulting to God, it's insulting to our intelligence. How, how are we going to accept this? I, the, the only reason that I think people accept this is, again, because they do not want to submit to higher authority. For us to have our way, we would rather believe that we came from monkeys. I can live with that just so, as long as I can uh, pursue my passions. That's not the purpose for which we were created. We are intelligent beings carefully formed by a, a creator with infinite intelligence. And each part of our body, when you look at it, even those parts that we don't see, no matter how big or small, has a purpose. Imagine, would you believe if I told you that, oh, look at this, I have an iPad. And, you know, they really didn't plan for this. Um, the, the scraps of metal and, you know, chips, they just put it all together and somehow it works like this already. Would you believe that? I don't think so. We think that the iPad is intelligent, but how far, we are far more intelligent than this piece of technology. So that's when we see as well that as God has created everything, he created it powerfully, precisely, but He also purposefully created the universe. 
He carefully planned, imagined, created everything and how we are going to help each other so that we can coexist. My sister hates cockroaches. And she always asks me, what's the purpose of it? Why did God create it? And I'm like, oh, it's in Matthew. No, I'm kidding. It's not in the Bible. But, you know, she always asks, what's the purpose behind cockroaches? And, you know, us, with our finite minds and for lack of interest for cockroaches, we think that they're simply there to scare us or to give us another reason to use our slippers. But no, they actually have a purpose in this world. You know, they are the ones who take care of dust. The world will be a lot there, there will be a whole lot more of dust if cockroaches didn't exist. And as they take care of the dirt, as they release their dirt in the soil, they actually release nitrogen that is needed by plants. So the cockroaches, thank you very much. When you see one, thank them. No, thank you very much. They actually help our forests. And, you know, I could go on. Rats have a purpose too for those who are asking. You can look it up on, uh, on the internet. But, you know, God has a purpose for everything for the values in earth, uh, in earth that those constants, the stars, the galaxies, the planets. He has a purpose for everything. And the funny thing is he spoke everything into existence except for man. It was with man that he dirtied his hands. It was with man that he meticulously formed us, making sure that every part is perfect. And as he formed our bodies, not only that, it's not only the physical casing, but he planned out our entire lives. He wrote our stories, not just Adam, because each and every one of us here, let me tell you this, you might, for some of us, you might think that you're an accident. Oh, my parents didn't plan for me. God planned for you. And he has a purpose for every, every being that he created. That means he has a purpose for you. And he created us in his own image and he entrusted to us that responsibility of taking care of this whole universe of all creation and that we will only be successful in that area as we do what we were created to do, to be in relationship with him. It says in Genesis 2.7, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living creature. He did not only create man, he did not only create the universe, he created a garden where man could commune with him. And the rest of the universe he created, why? To show his power. To show, you know, his beauty. To show that he is a great God who can do great things, grand things. It is in the beauty of creation. A lot of people say, why are there a lot of galaxies, stars, planets, and earth is the only one that is... Uh, you know, fit for life form. You know, God just showed us that He can do all of these things so that we, could, we would appreciate it. The beauty of the sky, the beauty of the trees, there are how many species of insects and flowers because God can. He shows us His beauty, He shows us His power. And the wonderful thing is that it does not end there. He is filled with wisdom. He is filled with power, but He is also filled with love for each and every one of us, desiring a relationship with us. Creation shows his power, and it is in his heart, the way he is continuously involved in our lives, that he shows his love for each and every one of us. A lot of people think that submission to him is the worst. So they would rather choose to believe crazy theories. But let me tell you this, the only reason why we are having a hard time submitting to him is because sin entered the picture. 
when, when man decided to sin and go against God, suddenly our mind that used to see the will of God so clearly, our hearts that were aligned to it, all of a sudden, pride was there. Pride that thought, you know, I'm better than God. My ways are higher. My ways are better. This is his plan. I think this will work for me more. Try fine-tuning the universe. Try to competing with that intelligence. And you know, um, temptation is there as well. Yes, I know that this is what God wants me to do, but my body is calling me to do this. Submission to God is not the worst thing because it is what we were created to, to do. And you know, God in His infinite wisdom, He already made the solution for that as well. He shows His power, His his wisdom in the universe, and He shows His love as He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to set us free from that sin that keeps us from appreciating Him, that keeps us from seeing Him for who He is. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The enemy is trying to distract us from different, you know, from, from knowing God by showing us what the world has to offer, forcing us to turn our backs from God. When, you know, the moment we turn our backs, we lose all purpose. But again, God gave us a son, Jesus Christ. And I believe that as we go back to the story of Genesis and as we see even as early as Genesis, when he created things, he already planned for the redemption of man. I believe that one, because of who He is, His infinite wisdom and power, He is worthy of praise. But because of the love that He has showed us, I believe that He is also worthy of our surrender, of our submission, of our worship, of, and not just you know, submission, but joyful submission, knowing that He has far greater plans than we have. I pray that hearing all of these things, that we have a better understanding of the infinite wisdom of God and that we would not have any qualms or fears putting our trust in Him because definitely He thinks of things that we don't, don't even think of. When we talk about life, this is only what we see, but God sees everything. And today, He is asking us to put our trust in Him. If you are looking for purpose, if you are looking for meaning, we would never be able to find it apart from God. There are a lot of things on the internet right now, you know, with, with online shopping. There are a lot of senseless things that you see. And when you see it, sometimes you think, what's that? Why would anyone want to buy that? But it's not until you see the description of why the owner or, or the creator made it that you see the value of the product. The same thing with our lives. When we look, when we try to find value without talking to the creator, everything would cease to make sense. But as we come to him, we know that ultimately He will be the one to tell us where to go, what to do, how we are to live our lives. And as we ask that wisdom from Him, He will give it. All we have to do is to go back to the first four words of the Bible. Everything begins with God. If you're looking for purpose, if you're looking for direction, if you're looking for meaning in this life, go back to God. And we know how we can do that. We always go back to the Bible, His Word. We know that everything we need to know about Him is there. And we just really... You know, just like with this information, we can read it and, you know, just pass our minds. But if our desire is to know Him, every word in that book would find meaning. I pray that we would be like the psalmist. He says there, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Again, He has a great purpose for us. Embrace that. And first and foremost, before you find out that purpose, 
we know that He calls us into a relationship with Him. We know that He has called us to enjoy Him. He does not have any need for us, but He created us for us to be able to enjoy Him and for us to be able to glorify Him. That being said, I want every one of us here to remember that God created you on purpose for a purpose. Rick Warren said, you were made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. Today, He gives us that opportunity to know our purposes and to live it out. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.